This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 51. Shirt. This is episode number 51. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are the papers want to know whose shirts he wears. It's Will. Hello, Will. Hello. Hello. And I think his spaceship knows which way to go. It's Scott. It's because I push all the right buttons. Hello. We're going to find out later in a uh, uh, one of my lightning round episodes that there is a wrong way to push buttons in the horde and i can't wait to tell you all about it don't push button number three (laughs) there's that rule as well tongue lasher does not push buttons in a way we approve of we'll find out about that later at the wizard's nightshirt we're revisiting he-man masters of the universe and she-ra princes of power today we're reviewing she-ra season two episode one one to count on This is also our monthly lightning round episode. That means we'll be pulling out the stopwatch for a quick review of several episodes that happened between our main episodes. As always, you can check our episode guide on the website if you'd like to follow along. (laughs) Why? 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 (laughs) The typos on these sheets, I can't get over it. I feel like you have an identity crisis or whatever. I put the names. I don't put blank instead of the name. I'll leave the last name. So right now it would say... Just read it as as written. Now let's hear more from Will about this week's episode. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) I would like to hear more from Will. I think he's got the best things to say. (laughs) The original air date was September 13th, 1986. And in this episode, Bo and Glimmer rush to reclaim Queen Angela's crown, and Adora worries that the rebels depend too much on She-Ra. Well, wouldn't you? She's like the strongest woman in the universe. They say that, yeah, they said actually, it seems silly, the, the uh, conceit, but then when somebody actually said the sentence out loud, she's the strongest woman in the universe, and fair point. <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah. point. What are you going to do? I mean, yeah. Of course, you could say that they had they would have the very same problem with He-Man, and one could make the argument that they do, and I don't know if he ever gets tired of it, or he's just like, I'll punch that. I think it's really more of the second one. Do you think they go to, like, bars and try to get into fights, and then she just keeps showing up, and she's like, come on, guys, just stop it. Probably, since, yeah. they, since they get into a little tizzy over some crown jewels here. I, I, I think that's pretty safe to say. But this leads me to wonder, is is there any area in your own life where you think that you depend on something or someone too much? Or has someone depended on you too much for something in the past and you had to put an end to it? At one of my previous jobs, and this will date the job, I think, I used to be the only person in the office who could, I'm making quotes here, fix the modem in the office. Uh, when I would go in, the internet wouldn't work, and I'd hear some mournful wailing through the walls like well it's down and that would mean that i would have to go do the very hard task of unplugging the modem plugging it back in and telling people when the lights are going when they can stop and they had like i was the only person who could do this i wrote a sheet with detailed directions of how to do it because sometimes i I wouldn't be in the office sometimes and their lives came to a complete halt because will wasn't here to restart the modem only I can speak to it. Yeah, I like I like doing like tinkering with it, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I had the same thing in my last job. 
it was like yeah office ladies were not no <laughs> they're like they're, they're not having it like we don't know what to do i'm like there's instructions right on the box like it says what to do on the box and then i even called the number and they walk you through it <laughs> like there was it's not that hard they're, or just google it there's subject certain subject matters i think people just don't want to learn they just don't want that in their head they don't want to get involved with that at all yeah they're just like i'm done and you're like how are you done like this is not, like you can how do you even function in life sometimes like you can't just be like this doesn't work so i'm not doing it no, no apparently there's a workaround they can just ask the squirrels to retrieve the information for them apparently you know what? I think the reluctance to reset the modem has more to do with, do you have to bend down to do it? <laughs> ours, was, uh-uh, ours was mounted on the wall. Really? Mounted on the wall. And that's very surprising. Mine was too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. my God. And here's, here's the worst say. part. The instructions I taped next to the modem on the wall so they didn't even have to move their eyes. If they were looking <laughs> at the modem, they would be reading the directions. They so would accidentally The information see would go straight into their brain. They'd wonder what to do. Their eyes would tell them. You know, when I was a kid and first learning how to read, it used to freak me out when I would look at a word and, I, and you couldn't not read it once you learned how to read. And like, I remember having like a weird thing in my life where I was just like, oh, I'm reading everything. I can't stop. And it like, it blew oh. my mind. Didn't these it's people... like uh, invasive telepathy or something. Well, it is in a way. And I just think that's so funny because in, in your scenario, these people are standing here next to the modem with this <laughs> instructions right in front of them. Their eyes look at it yeah. and they automatically read it. Like you can't not read something unless you unfocus your eyes, which is extremely lazy and takes more work than just learning how to do it. Well, this was, this was when I was a reporter. So there'd be some days where I wouldn't be in my office at all. I'd be out on an assignment. And I just pictured them like wandering around some post-apocalyptic wasteland talking about the before times when the will was here to reset the modem and they're standing in front of it like it's the monolith from Space Odyssey or something and there's no way they could possibly activate it. That was the before times when we could access the internet. This is Carol, and Act 1 begins in a jewelry store, where every kiss begins with chaos. <laughs> oh, now, don't you fret, Princess. Just two more diamonds to set. <gasps> and we can return Queen Angela's crown to the safety of Whispering Woods. This, uh, laziness is something that members of the Great Rebellion can identify with because... Dun da da! We're gonna find out that they're just getting a little too whoopsie daisy with letting Shira come and clean up all their messes. And it's one thing when you get a horde transport full of villagers. It's like going to Beast Island. Okay, sure, call Shira. But what is the problem that we get into here? It begins with a jewelry store. Keep a sharp eye open for trouble. Yeah, I started the episode like um. 20 seconds into it, so I was confused about where they were. <laughs> but I'm glad you, you said it was a jewelry store. That explains so much for me. Well, it was like the Ethereum version of, I guess, K-Jewelers or like wherever you go to the mall. Do you all remember, was it a trend in your like high school when whatever jewelry store at the mall, let's say it was K-Jewelers, they had those little pins that said, I am loved, because it's like, you know, I am loved, somebody bought me some jewelry from the jewelry store. 
but they gave out the pens. I remember those being briefly like a hot fed item in my school. Yeah, it was like a thing. I guess it proves that you went to the mall. I guess so. Was that not a thing? Mm -mm. Was that only a thing in my school? We Kmart jewelry. Oh, right, right. <laughs> that had best friends on it. Best friends or I love you or whichever the other one. Like, no, no, no. No, no. you're not allowed to have I love you. No, little Scott, don't do it. Don't do it. No. Bordak would love to get his hands on the crystal crown. Ready? Don't you ladies worry. With Bo around, both you and the crown are perfectly safe. Apparently, Leech... And some horde troopers were out and about, and they were just aching to get their hands on this crown. And they, I guess, managed to do it. And this was a very reckless She-Ra transformation, because she goes into what looked like a changing room in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was it was her glimmer and bow. And I'm thinking, like, she's going, like, ten steps down the hall there. That is not going to be a very, you know, efficient, like... like how are they not going to know? It's like well, here's a door. There were a few times I thought that too. I, I, there were a few times in this episode where she didn't she didn't work very hard to do it. Um, one more guy who was there. Who was the um, little jolly green oh. giant guy? There's a new Twiggit who's like a little old man Twiggit. I didn't know him at all. I didn't know him at all either. Scott, did you get a, his name in the captions? Because I didn't know who the little Twiggit was. I do know. I no. did not. We don't, we could name him ourselves. Yeah. Just call him Ted. Ted. What's a Twiggit equivalent for an old man name? One. Sprank. <laughs> okay. Right, yeah. 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 Sprank. It's like okay. they're all like Sprocker and Sprag and okay. Spratina. All right. Yeah. Sprank. Okay. So Sprank or and them. Spruce. Spruce. That's a good one. I like that one too. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because yeah. he's a, of the forest, and it's he is also of the of the forest. I was gonna say he could be Sprank if he were like a trickster type of Twiggit, but since he's mostly just there to be cheerful and of the woods, then we'll just go with Spruce. So luckily, Glimmer gets incapacitated pretty quickly with like a horde beam or whatever, and so. Adora's able to go into the changing room, which I don't know why the jewelry store has a changing room, except for maybe like the... To change into your jewelry. Your tiara that you need to try <laughs> on. Like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I can change my outfit for this. This only goes with my purple Amon robes. <laughs> so um, she goes back there and she does all that. And then here's another situation where She-Ra is making a lot of use of tapestries. They use a lot of tapestries to fight um, on She-Ra. Have you noticed that? Because this is like maybe the third or fourth time I've seen her like take a tapestry off a wall and like put it on somebody. Well, they got the same problem that the uh, Ninja Turtles had in their film where you can't really strike somebody directly with your weapons and uh, tapestry is probably about the easiest thing to use your sword on, I guess. But then of course, when by the time she's She-Ra, she just like straight up Hucks an anvil at uh, the Horde force field, which was pretty awesome. I did like that. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, basically uh, all the rebels except for She-Ra did a really bad job defending because they just weren't too concerned about the attack and they were really lackadaisical. And there was like a lot of, um, I don't know what you call it, but like downtime. Like they'd pause a long time between <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What happened? It was like they were playing pretend or freeze tag or something. And then like Bo was MIA for much of the fight too. It's like where did he go? Like he's he's just at large. He's gone. So, so Leech and uh, his uh, buddies get the crown and they leave in a transport. So they got that crown, right? The they crown sure is did. gone. Okay, the crown is gone. Yeah, who's uh, sorry? Who, who's the one with the, the butterfly wings? 
Uh, peekabloo. Peekabloo, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like when she walks by people, like she smacks people with her wings? <laughs> like, like like a like a dog or cat with a cone on their head? How could you're she like, not? You're like, what is happening? Or you can't see anything whenever she's you're in a room with her. If there's <laughs> oh, a meeting yeah. Or, anything. or she's in front of you in line and you're like trying to like look around her. <laughs> if there's a rebel meeting. <laughs> like, I'm trying to she, read the she, drive through board. She's like in the movie theater and she sits in front of you you're like, ah. Why? And then also, she can kind of predict the future, right? So she knows how the movie's going to end. Why'd you even go to the movies, Peekabaloo? She's like, get off my back. I'm trying to go on a date here. He's the ghost. <laughs> I've seen this one in and my mind. ruined it. <laughs> She's been dead the whole time. The twist is, he, the negotiator was the bad guy all along. <laughs> what year is it here? He was in a coma. He's not really in space. <laughs> Peekaboo ruining everything for everybody, and then somebody touches her feathers in the movie theater, and they get real, real ratty. He's got like popcorn butter all over. Him. Yeah, I assume they're feathers, plumes, whatever. You, what He's you got mean? like snow caps hanging out there. Peekaboo, get those whoppers out of your wings. This is undignified. This is Hornack. Did we miss an episode about Entrapta? Anyway. Here's Act Two! Just what that crown stands for. The freedom of our people, and now Hordax got it! Are we just going to let Hordax get away with this? You bet we are! And then Bo is like, well, you know, if they get it to their main base, then we're never going to see it again. And our best bet for getting it back is to try to go get them now while they're still in transit. Which is like, okay, that's a good plan, Bo. Sure, technically. But then also, y'all, it's a crown. Don't go get that. Did you ever have anything stolen that you, like, really, really tried to get back even though it was a fool's errand? Scott, what about... There was some guy who tried to break into your garage and you caught them. Oh, I didn't catch him. (laughs) Yeah, they... they, So what happened was, is that uh, it was raining... And our, we left our garage open, and ours like a cut-through street, so there's a lot of people that come through it. But they saw it was open, and they tried to break into our cars. And some guy was knocking on the front door. Like a distraction? It's a distraction. And, but then I like look out the front window, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not answering the door. We don't usually don't answer the door or whatever. And then I was, it was kind of just weird, because it was like, it was literally like pouring outside. I'm like, why is someone knocking on my door? Like, and then, so I was like, that's weird so then i look in the garage and i could see like the lights on my car and i see some guy like run past my door so then i go into the front door and that guy's gone and then i chase i i see like the other guy and i'm i i literally i'm barefoot with no shirt and like shorts on <laughs> running after this guy and Sarah's, Sarah's you know, just whatever. <laughs> and I'm like chasing this guy down like full speed. And I see him like toss something out like because he was just running. Uh-huh. Luckily, he didn't have a gun or anything. Like it was just you like, were just in just like, like disoriented dad rage. Oh, I was super mad. Like, you don't I, like it's a violation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. And, you're uh, just like nonsensical dad mad sprinting down the road <clears throat> in the rain. And the thing is, we don't keep anything in our car that's like valuable at all. So don't get any ideas, Phantom of the Opera teens out there. There's, don't there's, go to Scott's <laughs> house just because it's a cut through street. I mean, you can have your way with his car. Yeah, there's 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 no, no, there's nothing in my car. They stole my manual to my 
car. Like it has like it's like a nice like <laughs> zip helpful. up book, and it has like a, a first aid kit in it and everything. Yeah, I'm like I'm like what? That's the only that's what you stole from me. We got all the error codes for the <laughs> yeah. well. That's the what they tossed. So 2007 I, I Scion. I found it the next day, like laying by a tree. Weird. Like down the street. Weird. Yeah. They had to come to terms. Like, yeah, this is probably worthless. It's not a treasure map. Well, I, I I think they thought it was like a CD case or something. Uh-huh. I mean, if, even at that point, like it was it was like four years ago. It's like what what are you gonna do with a bunch of CDs without the cases? I mean, what are you gonna get like two bucks? Like, oh yeah. So I um I recently found some dude's wallet like on the street a couple of streets up while I was out walking the dog. That somebody had like taken it out of his truck, gotten the cash, and then just tossed it in like the snow. And I was like, "Is that real? Is this happening to me right mm-hmm. now?" And so I like found the man's on Facebook. I found him on Facebook because he was a contractor. And I called him on a cell phone. And I'm like, "I have your wallet, and I didn't take your money. I'm just a nice lady." So um, <laughs> it was very weird. Yeah, that was that was about the best you could ever hope for when that happens. Well, it was kind of funny because. You know, when he realized what had happened, he was he was very happy to get like his bank cards and his um, driver's license and everything back. And when he came to my house to come pick it up, like um, at at the end, he was like, "Well, if you ever need a good you know deal on contracting, then he's like, give me a call." <laughs> and I was like, it was just like in a video game where you mm-hmm. do a quest for an NPC, and they're like, "Enjoy a discount at my store." Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Funny. When I go to this village, I will. <laughs> I didn't have to kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to wait till you were asleep and steal your stuff. <laughs> so that, you know, whatever. That's good. That was good times. Good that job, was, Rebecca. That well, was a happier well, story for him a little bit, although he had cash that was stolen. <laughs> that was not sad. Well, you know who um, has Scott dad theft rage is Bo and friends. And so they decide that they are going it. to, without any any rationality at all they're going to go after this crown and that concerns madame raz and adora and they believe that this is a little foolhardy and this is where they're starting to get suspicious they depend too much on shira as if their poor performance in the jewelry store wasn't obvious enough and we're starting to see i think that they um smartened up madame raz a little bit right here she was totally normal Uh, i've been noticing this in some other episodes she's starting to get useful Uh, they decided that she was uh not as fun when she was annoying. So I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that turn for her. Yeah, I do too. I, you know, she's she's totally normal. I'm 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 into it. They're convinced that Shira will come save them no matter what happens. Well, sounds like they're getting very dependent on Shira. So uh, where do they take this crown? <laughs> Sorry, I had to look it up. It's his the the. The twig's name is Sprint. Sprint. I prefer oh, Spruce. Spruce. They would have gone with Spruce if they would have known. <laughs> yeah. They should have let us in on that meeting. Yeah. He has he has like old man bod too, like the like the saggy, That's what I was thinking about pecs that. and the the belly and stuff. Yeah. And, and an extreme yeah. snub nose, which I like. Yeah. I like stub noses. I like upturned noses, and that's why I remembered that part. <laughs> I think it's a smart look on a nose. I don't know. They're on the way back to some bad lair because they have multiple places. And so it's like kind of Catra's hangout that yeah. she has, yeah, which is cool. Like she's got her own place, you know. And then I think later in a Lots lightning, of scratching poses. yes, it's all scratch, <laughs> all sunlight all over the, <laughs> the ground. Ignore where I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> like she is not cleaning that up. Um, but all the carpets are just it's <laughs> totally shredded. But everything else is fine. Like, I can't resist ruining my own couches. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, everything like at the level of her arms is just totally torn up. 
She just can't even help it. She can't stand it. And then like jingle balls everywhere. <laughs> and I feel like later on, I see uh, Scorpia has a similar lair oh, that, I, that I see in a lightning Fun. round. I like they have their own play sets. Yeah, I like that too. It's really cute. Well, she's got a she's got a friend. Yeah, who's this bad girl? She's awesome. This is Entrapta. Entrapta. I'm glad you looked that up because I did not. No. <laughs> that crown would be all big to catch the turncoat to Dora. Or perhaps even Sarah. Well, they, they gave her no introduction, so I had to look up a little bit about her. And she's like a high-ranking uh, commander with them, and she shows up a little later. We don't really get a true origin story, but they keep evolving her status and powers. And we see a hint at this in this one, but just for context, just so we know, she seems to have like higher standing than the other guys. And her power is that she can engineer different traps for people. And then later, for the heck of it, they just decide she has prehensile hair also. Ooh, her hair does stuff. Mm -hmm. I love her hair. We didn't get to see that yet. I think they decide that later. Oh my God, she's Wait, great. She, and she turns into a lion too. No, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I think that's so just Catra's buddy. I think that's just her, an extra cat so she has. So that is Claudine, which, by the way, is a great name for a cat. It is a good when name. we were talking about cat names, Claudine would have been right up there if we would have thought of <laughs> it's Claudine. my friend Claudine. <laughs> my friend Claudine. She, she got claws. Don't mind her. And then, like. It's um, like Jimmy Dean sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Claudine loves Jimmy Dean's. She might. What are you talking about, Claudine? Anyway, um. Yeah, no, I, that's like Catra's pet lion, which, because I did look her up mm -hmm. sort of by accident, and that kind of happened. So apparently, Claudine is unrelated, because I thought that Entrapta Me too. turned into Claudine. I thought that's why they were friends. Like a different yes. kind of different stuff. Like, oh, let's turn into cats together and go hang out. <laughs> it like, sounds like a little, so little girl uh, imagination glad, time. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we thought the same thing, because that, that was. I thought that a lot. Look out, it's Claudine. And then when I figured that out, then the next thing I thought was, oh, Catra's cat's going to be sad because Claudine's better. I was like, wait, Catra's cat is her. That is Catra, <laughs> so she isn't sad. She just, she just has another cat. It's just a yeah. cat. Yeah. Cats having cats. I guess Claudine's sad when the Catra cat turns back into regular, or maybe it's like your dream come true if you're a pet. Like, mama, you can turn into a dog and a mama? You know, I don't I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Although, turn back into regular is a turn of phrase that I'm going to have to see. Yeah, her and I'm sure in the character while. bio on the back of the box when you buy Claudine, it says, can turn back into regular. <laughs> This is good. Well written. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> written good. So incidentally, uh, uh, Entrapta's hair, which looked kind of like a cobra bonnet or something like that, mm -hmm. it was really cool. But it reminds me of something we used to do. This will this will also date me to a to a time when I was super little, and we used to watch like Hee Haw and stuff in. Um, like when Crystal Gale was on TV all the time in the mid '80s, I remember that. My sister and I <laughs> used to get like bed sheets and we'd like kind of wrap them around uh -huh. our heads, like tall, and it would look just like Entrapta's hair. And then like so, it'd go to the floor and be like, "I'm Crystal Gale," because she had such long hair. And of course, that's the only way you could pretend. So anyway, um, Entrapta's hair looked like pretend Crystal Gale hair. So that's beautiful. That, 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 do the, do with that what you will, everyone. Yeah, my my mom had that hair. Crystal Gale hair. That's she, beautiful. She had it oh. down to her. She like, was in mid mid knee. She was inspired by Crystal Gale. Oh, I don't do you know. know? I, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, at the time, it was a thing. Like you know, like super long hair. 
60s, early 70s, early 70s. Oh, okay. So she would have, by the 80s, she's like, I grow tired of my long, luscious locks. Oh, yeah, she's, she cut it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's the 80s. Somebody give me a like power gel dude. She had kids. They were, it was done after that. So, like, it's the 80s. Give me the, give me the Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bo, and I remember I have a Bo in Act 3. I can't let them get captured. What's the right thing to do? So uh, this plot leads to a confrontation where Bo and his buddies end up getting to a fight with Claudine, Catra, and her cat form. And they have a pretty poor showing. And Adora shows up, turns into Shira and Shira, and helps them out a little bit. Sort of. Sort of. Mainly, she just walks up to them and lectures them, which I can't decide if I approve of that Me or too. or if that was hilarious or if it or not. Well, she she did help them, but she was like half trying, and I was thinking the whole time, I was like, you know, it would be funny if she just shamed them afterwards, and she kind of did. Yeah, yeah, she she let them have it. The whole rebellion looks up to you two. But you're not using your abilities if you lead others into danger and then wait for someone else to help you. Not when you can handle a problem like this on your own. You must believe in yourselves. Farewell, dear friends. I don't believe it. She's gone. Yeah, and then she just left. And they were still the bad guys were still there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wrote leaves in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, she's just like I saved you this time, but not doing it again. And then there's the people who are still right there. Like, it's not like, not like the next time. Like, it's like instantly and then, you're it, in trouble again. And that's, and that's what happened. One of the horde tanks parades by with a cage that has Pika Blue in it. Yep. They snatched her up. Just, she didn't see that coming, to, uh, ironically. <laughs> right. Just to, uh, just to taunt the rebels, right? So she's, they're going to use Pika Blue as uh, bait. And uh, they got to sneak into this little entrapment area, which I guess is maybe it was Entrapta's lair. It maybe so. traps. Mm-hmm. Who freaking knows? They sneak in by hiding in barrels, which was clever. Well, th- okay, so Do this you know was... what was in the barrels before? Flies <laughs> uh, of a various nature. Fish oh, heads, okay, cat right, litter. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, first captain, Adora. Oh, come to give yourself a... Yeah, and and then after all of the whole big to do about like you need to rely on yourself, they kind of do, but then they still need Shira's help after all to to spring Peekaboo out of that uh, jail. Um, and you know what I thought was a funny line that Shira kind of says offhand after she goes in there and she busts all those traps that Entrapta I suppose had made. And they're all just completely demolished. And they're like, oh, you wrecked our stuff. And she's like, you can build new ones after we leave. Like, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> like what was the point? I don't know. It was like. Our adventures must continue. You can build new ones after we leave. I mean, right? Or just like, I, I like to think that somewhere in her heart, she's a little bit evil. She's like, I didn't like doing that, but oh, it's okay. I'll make some more. <laughs> uh, they had a few weird animations here. Um the way Pika Blue was trapped was that she was being held prisoner with this giant flower. Oh yeah, right. And then there was like some, Something. there was some uh, sleepy perfume coming off the flower, and uh, that was also that also made Shira go to sleep. So Bo and and Glimmer had to actually do some work. 
Yes. And Bo gets to carry She-Ra to safety and then get the gas out of the, the area. Right. Cowell was the hero here. Cowell opened the ceiling so uh, the air could come out. I'm sure in that moment where Bo got to carry She-Ra somewhere, it was like the best moment of his life. <laughs> well, when they try to leave, they have uh, like a rope that they use to crawl out of the ceiling. And they keep doing this rope climbing thing. And I'm just not buying it. Like, you have to be really strong to do that. There is no way Glimmer can climb a rope. <laughs> no way Glimmer can get up that rope. She's assisted Come on, she's by She's like magic. 98 pounds dripping wet. I she, guess, she, I, guess she could, I guess so. She could probably carry herself out she's assisted by magic somehow and she can like do some magic twinkles under her feet to help her up the road Shira, you're back i'm always ready to help someone who's tried to help themselves so um apparently they did learn their lesson which is that you should trust your that you know your limits and your abilities and like you know don't be dumb and get into trouble like they did and they were like okay and i feel that shira was a little rude in the way that she taught this lesson however overall i gotta say my impressions of the end of this in light of our recent uh, Seahawk episode that made me rant and rave for like 45 <laughs> minutes of an episode. Deserved, but... Deservedly so. Yeah. But let's just contrast this here. Now, Bo, duh, he, he goes and he goofs up, but he does it with good intentions. And he will take criticism and he'll be like, you know what? I'm going to consider that, and I'm right. going to do differently from now on. You know what we call that? That's husband material, okay? <laughs> you hear me, She-Ra is not Seahawk, who is bad and always bad. You just, he's like, yeah, I should have done better. It's like, yeah, you should have, and that's, that's the kind of man you want. I'm just saying. Why, wasn't, why wouldn't she date Bo? Why can't she? Why can't she just do it? Because Bo don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bo can't know, I guess. I think he should. He should know. And then we have Lookie coming out of here giving some, like, psychotically cheerful lesson about stealing? Funny thing about stealing. It usually catches up to you. Oh, yeah. It was don't steal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's one we haven't seen before. Um, we hadn't seen any good guys try to steal anything. I, I guess Orko wouldn't do that. I was trying to. I was trying to think. I feel like that's something we would have seen in GI Joe or something. I feel that that would have been good a guy stealing a, stuff. A really good like a lesson. Yeah. yeah, I mean, stealing a cookie or something, maybe. Or like, yeah, maybe so. something like that. Like or a what? magic a artifact out of a window, or, or something from Mister uh, Mister Mister Man at Arms Workshop <laughs> or something. Picnic basket. Mister Duncan's Workshop. Now, that is very likely that he would have taken something from Duncan's workshop with good intentions. Yeah, but he then, needed like, he, it to make a present or some something like that. And then it gets, he gets damaged and he realizes he should have taken it. That would have been a good plot. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't done oh, that's that. A, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Kids that Kids need to learn about stealing and how you shouldn't do it. Speaking of, uh, we went through this whole story here. Did they get that crown back? Oh, I guess yeah. The, yeah. At the end, yeah, I didn't see that. Bruce got, Bruce got it. How he did? Is yeah, he wearing he it? Who? Oh well, I think they, they got it because uh, they were all standing around the thing, and there was like the big. They were in the there was like a blue tent, and uh, Glimmer and Bo were on the sides, and they pull out the thing. Yeah, I remember that. And then the tent falls down. Right. And Spruce jumps up and okay. grabs it off the table. Okay. It was pretty cool. And then, but we don't see any resolution with it. like. And then Queen Angela, she's like, "What took so long?" Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "You guys just went to go get this polished. Like, what is going on?" I mean, can't they just have the jeweler come to the palace? 
Doesn't seem easier. Yeah, that seems a lot less risky. I guess he had a lot of smelting to do. That seems a lot less risky. You know what they say, he who smelted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. His crucible was hot. (laughs) Thank you, Jarvon. I didn't even write down a rating for this one. I don't think I liked it very much. You yeah, know, uh, I, don't, I don't think I was into. That's it. what I was gonna say. I really liked the idea of it when I when I saw saw the premise. I was like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of an obvious question we would ask ourselves all the time. But it's maybe it was just so obvious they got bored because I felt like they were lazy in so many ways. Oh, I was going to say that there were a few lazy things in here. One of them was they just were even lazy with the music cues. We didn't get any good music out, out of anything. And then at one point when they were battling that giant flower, um, they had some coloring mistakes. Uh, they decided that Glimmer didn't wear tights. And so she just had sort of like the uh, bare leg swimsuit kind of look going on. <laughs> and so they just like, eh, I it's totally fine. missed that. Yeah, It's fine. Don't worry funny. about it. So um, does, yeah. does, does Bo usually have pants? Yeah. He has pants. He yet. has pants. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> You're like, thank goodness. Yeah, we got to no, I, 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 for some reason, I remember him not having pants in some episode. Like he was, he had like a, you know, like the what, the underwear or whatever. But he just didn't have like the blue pants. Maybe he, he went for, on. maybe he went for a swim. Pants are a commodity in Etheria, so mm-hmm. I think maybe sometimes they just have them, and then sometimes they just don't. They're like, where have our pants gone? The horde took our pants, <laughs> and then that's why they're battling in the rebellion. It's battle. It was these furry underwear. It's a battle for pants. Um, I guess I would say I'm going to say three point seven spruces. Okay. Because I mean, yeah, it just it did it, it. I wanted I really I wanted the lesson to be learned and, and learned well. But I think this is pretty weak for an episode of Shira mm-hmm. as far because they usually they've been delivering really 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 strong, including the ones that I watched for my lightning round, Especially which we'll have in a moment. But for being like a season opener too, yes, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, this might have been the production order season one. I don't remember if this broadcast first in season two, but yeah, it was. Even if they worked on it first, they're like, okay, guys, we had a nice little break over summer. Let's hear some fresh ideas, everything you wanted to do. We learned a lot of stuff. And they're like, nah, color. Is this how Glimmer looks? I don't know. I like Entrapta, but about. I do that like Entrapta, but they didn't even introduce her well. That's true. I'm going to go 2.9. Ooh. Yeah, I was. Tough I was, but fair. I was not too much of a fan of this, and I was so hopeful because this seems like a topic that we need to cover, I think. And it would have given it would have given also other characters a real real opportunity to grow. And although it's funny to see Shira lecture them, I feel like they didn't deliver on that. So fun and funny for us, and we do like uh, Entrapta and Claudine. Uh, but yeah, two point nine. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I was I go a little bit higher than that, but not not much. Uh, Three point one. Just, I I I Leech was in it a lot. And mm-hmm. I I kind of like that. You know, because you don't really see him that often. Well, I haven't seen him that much. And um, I saw they, and, they pitched his voice up a little to make him less scary, I think. Yeah, and he talked more in this. He yeah. had more lines and stuff. So I, I thought that was good. And mm-hmm. all the new characters, all the new bad guys, stuff like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. But yeah, like you said, this, the, yeah, the storyline and stuff, it was just... It's kind of all over the place a little bit. And like or you said, for that. a season opener, we need, some, we need some little, 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 yeah. a little more punch. Something. Yeah. Drop the ball on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shira, get it together. Get it together. We we got we got two episodes in a row. We're, we're kind of sketchy. I know, right? Well, luckily my lightning rounds were pretty fun, right. so okay. I, I feel better about okay. that. Yeah, we had some some fun with those. Okay. Speaking of, is it time for our lightning round? 
Get out your lightning sticks. It's time for the lightning round. Okay, so we have 12 episodes that we're blitzing through in our lightning round. And uh, this week, Scott is the lucky boy who only had to review three new ones. And Will and I each get four ones to uh, review. And then the 12th episode is our full-length episode, Fisto's Forest. So delving into our lightning round, here is one of 12. All right, Will, we are starting with you. What have you got? Okay, this is uh, the first of the 12 episodes. I'm reviewing He-Man, Season 1, Episode 65, The Heart of a Giant. Heart it up. Okay, uh, the He-Man gang is in the woods looking for a magic weed of some kind, and a uh, giant finds Orko in the woods, and I guess Orko faints or passes out or something, and everybody's curious about this giant, and the uh, giant gets captured by this impresario who has a traveling uh, freak show, for lack of a better term, in a blimp, and uh, he captures the giant, and uh, then Orko gets sucked up too, and then Orko learns a lesson about not um, uh, judging people by how they look because they find out the giant's really smart and helps Orko escape and uh, some of the creatures that were in the blimp were uh, different creatures we've already met in Trolla like TikTok and the Hamburger Guy which Hamburger Guy which was pretty cool um, He-Man goes up there and uh, busts everybody out um, at the end the uh, giant uh, gets to be seconds. Duncan's lab assistant because they find out that he's uh, smart and got chased out of Eternia a long time ago which was Aww. a nice little ending Rating. Uh, 4.1 lab assistants. I like this one. That sounds yeah, that sounds really cute. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how they had all the monsters from Trala. I recognized a lot of them. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. That sounds yeah. like a good one. Don't don't miss it. All right, Scott, number two of twelve. Uh, I am doing He Man season two, episode sixty six, the cat and the spider. Mm-hmm. All right, go for it. It opens with Prince Adam and his friend are hanging outside the temple of the cats. They enter the temple and get into some trouble, and Adam turns into He-Man. He-Man punches through floors and ceilings to make his way to the, through the temple. They uh, come to the throne room and find a cat statue and take it with them. It all looks very Egyptian. Uh, next, we meet King Paw, and he is really about uh, the stolen statue. He calls on She-Cat to get it back. Next, Skeletor looks through his magic mirror and sees that they have the cat statue and calls on Webster to steal it. Webster gets it. He-Man chases after Webster and the Talon Fighter. Tila and Katrina go to the Snake Mountain to help. He-Man and Skeletor tussle, and Webster gets the drop on He-Man. Battle Cat and Katrina, Katrina make googly eyes at each other. <laughs> uh, Skeletor awakens the Grumican. Um, uh, He-Man gives the science lessons, make, makes it rain, and gathers lightning to defeat the beast. Katrina gives the moral, uh, don't judge people on how they look. All right. <laughs> I like the sound of King Paul. That sounds good. Yeah. Were, were these cats similar to the magic cats that we met? Um, a little bit, but more Egyptian. Okay. Yeah, they looked real. They had like this, the like the the clothing and all that stuff. Oh, like, interesting. Like the actual like faces were more pointed and. Huh. Yeah. Uh, cool. four point two hairballs. Cool. <laughs> Got it. It was it was a pretty good episode. Cool. And it had grappling hooks. Lots of grappling hooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you love that one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love grappling hooks. All right, next, 3 of 12. All right, this is He-Man, Season 2, Episode 67, The Energy Beast. 
Okay. Um, so uh, the king and queen are trying to uh, issue a proclamation for He-Man Day, and Orko finds this little <laughs> Power Wheels version of a dragon walker that I uh, made an arms bit building for some reason. So he crashes it in the middle of the ceremony and rips the proclamation. And he's sad because he wants to be cool and famous like He-Man. Something happens at some mountain, so Orko goes right. to investigate. And when he goes there, he finds some uh, beast under a bell jar that says he'll grant his wishes if he lets him out. Orko wants to be famous, so he lets him out. The energy beast was some ancient beast that was made when Eternia was created, and he used to rule over all Eternia, and it's kind of a big deal, and Skeletor wants to get in on it, so He-Man and friends go, and they find, like, the spirit of the ancients, who's the same lady who does the, oh, there the sword, <laughs> and uh, she uh, tells them to go find some crystal that can control the monster, and they get the crystal, and they get the monster to chase it into the center of a volcano, and um, He-Man, or not volcano, just a mountain, I guess, and He-Man He uh, seals it up, and then He-Man... <laughs> I, the proclamation says he wants to change it to Orko and Tila and Man at Arms Day. And then Orko is, says, yay, He-Man, and pulls out some pom-poms and celebrates <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> pom-poms, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of neat because it had a lot of lore and stuff. Um, I'm rethinking my score. I'm going to say 3.5 Lil Dragon Walkers. Okay. That sounds good. All right, next is me. I've got He-Man, Season 2, Episode 68. It's called Day of the Machines. Okay, so Duncan's discouraged because his remote-controlled computer keeps failing, and he wants to quit everything, all his work entirely. But it turns out Skeletor is spying on him and vows to make his machines not work to undermine Duncan's confidence, uh. and it, which is really sad. So he makes essentially a computer virus by electrifying and shrinking a beast and calling him Bite, which is a great plan, oh. his best plan ever, okay? Bite gets in and makes all the machines in the palace go haywire. He-Man gets fired on by what looks like a barber chair. Tila goes to Snake Mountain on Battle Cat, which was great, cool. to get to the bottom of things, which she does, and it's really cool. Meanwhile, Man-at-Arms gets shrunk teeny to go inside the computer and fix it. Oh, cool. So He-Man gets Sorceress to shrink him and tote him as Zor to the palace to go and stop Bite with Man-at-Arms in the computer. How? It involved reversing polarity and surfing on a current. Don't worry about it. it was weird. I give it four bites out of five. And Tila said, see y'all soon during the moral, which on its own was like worth a whole point. What? At the end, I had to rewind it to make sure. I was like, did she just say, see y'all soon? She absolutely did. She that did. sounds like maybe the best episode of He-Man any of us had ever seen. It was pretty good. That sounds yeah. really good. It was really cute. It was it was very uh, creative and it was fun. I, I really enjoyed I this one. I love that. All four of mine were great this time. Like cool. I've never had such luck because usually there's some stinkers in there. But that's <laughs> that, that's good. That was great. And you then have the next one too, I've right? got the next one too, which is He-Man Season 2, Episode 69, The Gamesman. Okay. Which I think Will gave me this one on purpose because he thought <laughs> I would hate it, but he was wrong. Okay, Randor is losing at chess to a dandy named Lord Todd, a creep who does magic, including finding a necklace for Tila out of the, his sleeve. And he invites her to his castle and she says she can't go, but Randor insists that she needs a break. So like, have a seat, Randor. She said she didn't want to go. Meanwhile, there's this large tunneling monster in a beetle's wig that's threatening mm -hmm. the castle. But then the monster is dopey and friendly and we find out he has telepathy and his name is Moak and he's great. We're gonna ignore that part right now though because Tila's in trouble, although she swears she can handle herself. She goes to Lord Todd's castle and his deal is that he wants Tila to 
to be the queen in his creepy life-size chess set because every guy has an angle and all the good ones are taken apparently. Sorceress tells He-Man, no, you gotta go rescue her and Tila's real spunky and she stands up for herself. But then He-Man and Man in Arms comes in, He-Man punches a wall and fixes everything with the help of Moek the Tunnel Monster. On paper, this sounds like I would hate it, but it was really fun. They show her being really resourceful. Um, and at the end of the episode, Moak gets glasses because he was he couldn't oh, see very cute. well. It was he was adorable. So he's like this a was adorable. Monster. Yes. And four point four Todd's out of five because you know what? You can ride a woman in peril if you don't make her a dope. And that is a note for Shira and the Seahawk. I mean Adora and the Seahawk. Mm-hmm. This you would have thought I would have hated this one. It was adorable. It was so funny. Moek was the cutest thing. I love Lord Todd. He sounds like an animal house, um, like rich fraternity guy. Yeah, he had a pencil thin mustache oh, that he goodness. could literally twirl. I like that. It was fantastic. No, go back and watch this. That's one. too funny. It was great. Okay, so if you're keeping up with the episodes as they're listed, we've already reviewed He Man uh, episode seventy. Fistos Forest in a previous episode. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Taking care of business. <laughs> anyway, love Fisto. Love that episode. Go back and check it out if you haven't already. And now we've got Scott with six out of 12 okay, for our lightning um, round. I'm reviewing He Man season two, episode 71, the rarest gift of all. Okay, it starts off with Orko helping, quotations, uh, man-at-arms and almost burning down his lab. (laughs) He-Man saves them, then Orko helps, quotations, Tila baking a cake and almost ends up crushing Cringer with with an oven. (laughs) Orko feels terrible and he says he's going to run away and Cringer says, I'm going to come with you. So now Orko is missing and He-Man is asking everybody, uh, uh, a lizard man reading a book, uh, Stratos... (laughs) Fisto. So everyone goes to his room, finds a note, and it says that he's running away. Orko and Cringer are heading to Castle Grayskull because he thinks he can talk to the sorcerer because she's real smart and it'll help him out. Then they run into a strange creature that drains their power, and the sorceress tells them that it is Talgot. Um, He-Man and Man-at-Arms and Tila run into the Talgot, and He-Man becomes weak, Man-at-Arms becomes dumb, and Tila becomes clumsy. (laughs) Uh, Orko goes back to try to warn everybody and ends up saving everybody by letting the Talga drain his power and his terrible magic. Um, Tila and He-Man do some aerobatics and defeat the Talga. Um, it was not a very good episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you like, if it was, it was focused a lot around uh, Orko and Cringer. I'm not hearing a negative. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was just, it, yeah, it was one of those, you know, he did he did bad, and the morals running away does not solve your problems okay. sort of thing. Okay. So I, I 1.8 li- <laughs> Lizard Man books. Was this worse than the drug episode? <laughs> Similar? the drug episode? Uh, Friend in Need with the potion in Jarvan and... <laughs> oh, no, I guess it was... A, it was it was around... For me, it was around there. Okay, okay, it, fair. It might not be for some other people... But it was just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I'm glad you bit the bullet for us. Yeah. It was just like it was just silliness after silliness, and it's okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. The the creature was pretty. The tall guy was pretty cool. So. Okay. All right. So this is our last He-Man of the lightning rounds, which is Will seven of twelve. What do you got? He-Man season two episode seventy two, the Great Book Mystery. Okay. 
Okay, uh, it's Adam's birthday, and uh, Tila is showing Adam how to climb a rope. He has a gym class with her every day, which we didn't know about. That's and uh, Orko uh, wants to give Hemoin a unicorn book, but it's gone and he can't find it. And a uh, little Einstein character comes into the court and tells King Randor that all the books in the archive are gone, and Randor is freaking out about this. I guess he reads a lot. And so um, we found out that some, Why is it all cool? uh, some bad guy <laughs> named Batros has taken all the books, and and he says this will make him uh, emperor because everybody will, will uh, want their knowledge back. Skeletor thinks it's a great idea and sends his henchmen to go collect Batros to uh, work for him. Tila and Orko find the books in the Temple of the Sun. Trapjaw tried to eat Orko at one point. <laughs> Batros lasered Beastman's butt. He-Man shows up to fight Batros at Castle Grayskull for some reason. He-Man said, what's up? At one point, He-Man uh, grabbed the books and Snake Mountain at some point. Um, at Adam's birthday, he says, he gets the unicorn book, and he says, it's the best birthday of my life, which was weird. <laughs> Orko's moral was about bodybuilding. <laughs> and and what? I, the score was 3.1 because I had a great time, but it was awful. Place. That was all over the place. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. It was weird. Uh, I love it. All right, we're moving on to She-Ra, and I've got two in a row here. So this is She-Ra episode, season one, episode 45, Huntara. Okay, Hordak is dressing down the entire team. So he has to recruit somebody because they're all such bunglers. And she's someone from Silax where they are great warriors. And it's Huntara who is ripped. He's got a deep voice, bikini and gauntlets, hair that's Ivan Drago on top and a top knot in the back, head tattoo. And Hordak shows her manipulated footage of She-Ra that makes She-Ra look evil. So Huntara insists that she and She-Ra are gonna fight one-on-one. Okay, so to draw She-Ra out, Huntara fires on Glimmer in her little butterfly plane, LOL, and then she takes Glimmer hostage, and so that works. She-Ra tries to reason with her, but Huntara ain't having it, and then they fight very acrobatically, and She-Ra says, she's got more tricks than my brother's friend Orko. Um, and then Catra and Scorpio are watching to sabotage them because they don't want Huntara to stick around because, you know, it'll make them look bad because they're bunglers. Um, and She-Ra wins and Huntara finally believes She-Ra because she shows herself to be merciful, that old trick. Then She-Ra, Glimmer, and Huntara whoop a bunch of horde troopers and Huntara goes home. 4.4 stun swords out of 5. Right. Huntara was great character design. Right. It clearly inspired by Grace Jones, as we've discussed in a previous episode amazing and i want her in the series all the time oh, cool. but of course all the cool people are like i have business on my own planet and i'm like no <laughs> come back Huntara. did they make an action figure of her that sounds like a cool action figure i hope they did because she was fantastic she was really fun. really fun i you know i never care about i never care for fight scenes and they they wrote a really fun one between the two of them i cool. really really liked that so Huntara was great if anyone was wondering and then that leads me to my last lightning round, which is 9 of 12. This is She-Ra Season 1, Episode 46, Micah of Bright Moon. We start with a great scene where Horde Prime is giving orders in a spaceship, and he lights up green gas as he talks, and I love it. There's a prisoner escaping the Horde in a small craft, and he's going to Etheria. While, uh, meanwhile, Glimmer is twirling in a field with a flower, thinking about her missing father, King Micah of Brightmoon. So guess who it is? It's the man who escaped. He was a prisoner. He had left to fight the Horde, and he got captured. 
Okay, so there's a scene where Tongue Lasher uses his tongue to push the buttons <laughs> on a console and Imp and Hordo get, Hordak get grossed out and they yell at him, which was a hilarious <laughs> gag. They were like, don't do it. And then they make him clean the console. Oh, funny. Which was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, where is this? Okay, so Micah in this craft that he's escaped from the Horde in crashes into Talon Mountain with the Harpies and he is Hunga's prisoner. So oh. we see her again. We see so much of the Harpies. It's a Harpy show case and then everyone descends on Talon Mountain because the Horde also wants Micah so it was a very very fun fight and harpies everywhere She-Ra gives Angela her sword to uh, fight Hunga in the sky it was freaking awesome it was a great episode 4.5 button licks out of 5 awesome it was great I, the, I was so thrilled to see the harpies okay that one sounds worth it That's Hunga good. was my girl she was hilarious <laughs> And there's like this long lost husband and she's like, I'll make your husband my slave. It was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I am doing uh, She-Ra season one, episode 47, The Price of Power. Okay. Arden is a boy, a sorcerer apprentice. So they are in town. Arden gets a bright idea to hitch a ride on the Horde Trooper and transport to find Shadow Weaver because she took a shortcut and you know she got her power in one day. Arding asks Shadow Weaver if he can be her apprentice. Shadow Weaver wants to get back at Norwin, so she accepts and uses Arden as a pawn. Uh, Shadow Weaver calls upon uh, the Dark Riders to get Norwin. Mm. Uh, they are awesome. She-Ra and Madame Mraz defeat the Dark Riders pretty quickly because they run them into the ground, which is kind of sad, but you learn Norwin was cast a spell as in Shadow Weaver's teachers when they were young, before the Horde got there. Uh, then you learn Shadow Weaver betrayed the Council of Kings to become all-powerful. Norwin stopped the power-up of her. She, like, starts transforming this hideous beast kind of thing. Um, and she only gets one third of her power as she as she should have been. Uh, the heroes get to Horror Hall, beat Shadow Weaver, tell Arden to strike down Norwin. Arden does not, and they get away. Uh, uh, Shadow Weaver and Norwin fight. Norwin wins because he he is the light, and light always beats the dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, learn from your mistakes. Um, this so four point six dark riders. Cool. It was it was a. It was good, a great episode. Awesome. I, I liked it a lot. You, you learn the origins of Shadow Weaver and all that stuff. And Shadow Weaver actually reveals her face to Arden. And <gasps> she's he's like, oh. Oh. That's yeah. so fun. So she is, I'm going to have to go back and watch grotesque this in Oh, That sounds awesome. Way. And you, she, they, she like shows her hands, like her hands being all beautiful. And then they kind of like turn green and like shrivel up. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like going to have to watch this one. That sounds good. Yeah. Cool. 12 of 12, or 11, <laughs> uh, or, uh, 11 of 11. Um, She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 48, Birds of a Feather. Go. Okay, Hordak is skeet shooting uh, with lasers and keeps calling them different rebels as <laughs> he shoots them down. <laughs> he answers a summons from somebody called Red Eye, and it's a scraggly uh, evil version of Cowl. It's Cowl's cousin. He looks like a gremlin's version of Cowl. Uh, and so uh, they hatch this plan to capture some feathers from Cowl because Shadow Weaver can cast some spell to read Cowl's mind through uh, Red Eye. And so they get it. 
um, and they start seeing what the rebels are planning and do some ambushes. Um, Castispella figures out what's going on and Cavill feels bad like he's a spy again and cries and leaves. Uh, Hordak gets his biggest ship from the fleet, the Monstron from Horde Prime, to try to hunt down Cavill to use him as bait. She-Ra takes out um, Red Eye by doing some, uh, fakes out Red Eye by doing some fake acting with uh, Cavill, so they lead them uh, into a trap, and She-Ra destroys Monstron inside a volcano, and um, Red Eye wants to know when he can be a force captain at the end, and Hordak gets real mad at him about it. Oh, She-Ra did some freaky deaky talking to some birds, and she, <laughs> see, she, she had this weird voice, and she said things like, birds, birds, hear my call. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, and Lucky said, Lucky did like a here's Johnny thing at the end. He no. goes, he, he goes, here's Lucky. And they oh, did like a press gross. in on the camera. It was weird. Gross. Uh, was that the same era as The Shining, maybe? That movie? Might have been. Yeah. So it was that's the 80s. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It was, it was well established in, in. So that's pretty funny. Uh, so 3.9 Cowl Gremlins. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be reviewing Season 2, Episode 81 of He-Man, the arena in which He-Man and Skeletor stage the ultimate pay-per-view for a visiting alien. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And subscribe to our show on iTunes. We want to thank you for listening. And please remember, Peekabaloo can see you getting impatient in line at Chipotle behind her. So go ahead and order ahead on the app. We can do this on our own. All we have to do is believe in ourselves. 